Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the One Ministry Question Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Adkins. Today, I'm here with Dan Eiton. Hey, hey. And uh, what question do you have today, Dan? What are you bringing us? Yeah. Our question today is, how do you hand off uh, ministry responsibilities well? We all want to delegate. We all want to see others grow and take over things that we're doing, uh, maybe things we don't want to do. Um, but a lot of us struggle with how to do that well. Uh, so Todd, tell us, what what do you think? Well, how, how do we do this? First of all, I think a lot of us have um, a lot better examples of how not to do it <laughs> yes. than to do it because those things were kind of done to us. I mean, Development and discipleship are interesting in that um, you'll ask some guys why they, you know, don't disciple. Well, nobody did that for me or it wasn't modeled well or fill in the blank. And I'm like, well, that's not really a great excuse. I mean, the interesting thing, too, is I go back to my first um, my first like paid role in ministry. I was the uh, children's and student um, guy part time for a church in Covington, Kentucky. So Cincinnati area, uh, not a good part of town at all. (laughs) And I could not believe they gave me this responsibility. It was absolutely ridiculous on their part. There was no pastor. There was no senior pastor. It was just an interim pastor. So technically, uh, it was like me and a a random worship pastor that were like the staff. Hmm. Um, And so, and... I'm flying solo. Uh, so I made a lot of, uh, I made a lot of mistakes there. And in, in a lot of ways, what happened was I was thrown in and I was not ready. So, um, I've given this analogy before. So forgive me if you, uh, are a long time listener, uh, of any podcast that you probably heard this one, but I, uh, how I learned to swim, my cousin and I learned to swim on the same day. Uh, we were taken to a Creek and my dad and uncle just kept throwing us in the water. One of them was in, okay. So this isn't total abuse. Um, one of them was in, in the water, but they just kept throwing us in until we learned to swim. And a lot of us from a ministry perspective, that's how we learned to swim. And a lot of us, if we would care to admit it, have done that to others. We have given people the keys to significant ministries before they were ready rather than uh, do like you, you know, the, the way you get a driver's license is not, you know, just getting in a car. Uh, you have to pass a written test. You have to study a little bit, have to pass a written test, show some knowledge. Then you need guided practice from another person. Um, and finally, you know, you get to drive on your own. And so the reason why we do that, um, is because people's lives are at stake. Yep. Uh, and some of us really need to have somebody sitting beside us for our entire lives in order to drive well. Um, but I would say, um, gosh, that's a great way of, you know, kind of backing into, uh, a great example of how ministry responsibility is handed off when somebody is recruited to a role. I believe the person that actually does that role um, should be the person that shows them the ropes and gradually releases responsibilities to them. A lot of times in the church, what happens is 
a, a staff person or a key leader um, asks someone to do something, tells them it's really easy um, and tells them they're going to get support or whatever. And then they kind of dump it on them. Yep. Um, they don't really care about the person or the position. They just dump that ministry uh, on them. And, and that person is thrown in and they may sink, they may swim, but that's their experience in ministry. Yep. Sink or swim, uh, not total abuse, but somewhat <laughs> abuse uh, uh, when, when you were thrown in as a, as a but child. It is. <laughs> it is. And then, um, you know, we're told at least uh, a lot of times in the church world by church leaders and certainly in the business world that, you know, oh, well, if you're a real leader, you'll delegate to people. Yeah. And delegating is better than dumping. You at least care about the person and the position, but still, um, and you're matching that up, you know, oh, this personality would be good to be a greeter. Um, you know, I'm not just sending everybody to the only open position, that kind of a thing. So you're at least delegating well. But honestly, it's that development piece that, you know, changes everything. And the development piece cares about the person and the position and actually has a process and plan to carry that out. And so, you know, one of the tools that we often use is, um, is a methodology that you've heard at least somewhat before. And that's the, I do, you watch, mm-hmm. I do, you help, um, you do, I help you do. I watch the, what I would say is absolute gold. And by the way, that's from the education world. That's not from the, uh, the church world, although you probably heard it in the church world a lot and not attributed. Um, what I would say though, you have to add to that is we talk afterwards. I do. You watch, we talk is, um, it's the feedback element that makes it gold. Um, and, and if you follow that framework, you're really moving people from, um, really an intentional leadership to um, a collaborative uh, or, or guided, sorry, guided leadership to collaborative, to equipped. And that gradual release of responsibility scales, whether it's setting up chairs that might take a three week process or um, leading a small group, which might take, you know, three months uh, or more, just depending on who that person is and how comfortable you are with their understanding of, of, uh, your theology and beliefs, um, or it could be planting a church and that might be two years, three years, like who knows, but I'm saying that same framework scales. If you take people through those four phases and you are intentional about it and you say, okay, um, Todd, I hear you. So you said, uh, person and position and caring about matching those up. Okay. Then I need a process and a plan. Well, you can break those things down to say, okay, in this phase, these are the things that I want to get from them. Um, So if it's a a leader uh, position or a volunteer position, it might be, okay, in the I do, you watch phase, what does that look like? Well, okay, I'm going to ask them to, you know, stay after group and discuss a few things with me. Um, After a week or two, I'm going to ask them to, you know, fill out the application. Um, get some training. Then I'm going to ask them to, uh, we're going to move into the um, second phase, which is guided. And 
I'm going to ask them to come with a couple of questions uh, that they're going to ask the group. And we go through a couple more, you know, little things. And then uh, some weeks later, it's okay, you're going to lead. I'm going to be here so you don't commit heresy or get too nervous. <laughs> yep. uh, and then, you know, I'm, I'm going to be here. So you doing this, I am helping you a little bit. Um, and then finally, you get to the last phase, which is, hey, you're doing it all. I'm just here to watch. I'm not even going to correct anything uh, in front of anybody. I'm just going to be here. And then we're going to talk afterwards, whether that's immediately afterwards or, you know, we go grab coffee. So that methodology, in my opinion, is the most healthy methodology um, for handing over responsibility. That assumes that you have clarity on what your the role is, what you're asking them to do, yep. um, and and you already have training in place um, from the knowledge piece. But the experience and the coaching piece is so vitally important and one that we often forget. Yeah, no, I I definitely have seen that. I think a lot of times when we look at you know we throw somebody in and it's a sink or swim moment, but we also um, if they sink, we just say oh, they weren't a good fit or they weren't skilled enough, you know, a, a better, more qualified person, you know, can do this job well. Um, but that's often not the case. It's actually, we just haven't, we haven't walked through that process with them. And I've also, I've been in experiences where, you know, they've guided me, but we've never had that. We talk after thing. And so you're left wondering, totally. did I do this? Well, like, uh, you know, are they say, are they thinking something they're not telling me? Um, you know, and you're maybe, maybe you're doing it. They've you've, you're, you know, you've been released, but there's always a question in your mind of like, you know, what do they really think? Or, or is it, they're holding back something from me. It's the absolute most important part of the process. So, you know, what's fascinating to me is if you think about competency in a role or in, you know, or in a specific job, um, a lot of times think back to your, um, you know, your, your college education, your college education is um, about, you know, majors and the number of hours you spend in a specific subject, you know, well, okay, this is my area of expertise. Um, so I'm going to um, take tests and write uh, papers to display my knowledge that I've learned this. And I'm spending this many hours in the subject matter. Um, so now, you know, I have a degree in X and I'm supposed to be a pseudo, you know, kind of expert in X. Mm -hmm. We all know that that doesn't equal competency just because you had a coursework or you're a mate, you know, this was my major. You can still not know much <laughs> until you actually get um, experience. What adds a force multiplier to any experience is the feedback. So it's really not just knowledge and knowledge transfer. A transfer of information is not transformation. It's just knowledge. That's it. Uh, and it puffs up. When I, we read in the Bible, knowledge puffs up. We know that that is 100% true because we know a lot of people that wax eloquent around the coffee table and are not effective in their role. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm not thinking of anyone in particular right there from my, from my past. 
so, so the, the really, the big understanding though is, man, when you think back to the people and roles that made the most difference in your life and who you became, I guarantee you, most of them had those elements. Yep. Sometimes there was, there, don't get me wrong. I learned a lot in my first position where I was thrown in. I learned a lot, but how much more would I have learned if there had been somebody there that was intentionally guiding me? Yep. Um, and I'm really happy that there weren't cell phones and other things. Uh, <laughs> I kind of wish there were so I could hear minister. and see some of these things that Todd did back in the day. <laughs> Um, but I also think too, Todd, that if you do this well, if you hand off the, this ministry responsibilities well to this person and you follow that model of, you know, I do, you watch, um, I do, you help, you do, I help, you do, I watch. And then we talk after all of those. If you do that well with them, when the time comes that they move on to a different ministry role or they move or whatever, they will hopefully be able to hand off that ministry role in the same way to the next person. Um, and as we really want that replication in our churches that we are not always the one having to train every single person along the way. We shouldn't be. We shouldn't be the best person, the person that is the best equipped to recruit and train a volunteer is another volunteer, not yep. you. Not you, because that volunteer actually understands the real uh, meat and potatoes of that role and what happens each week and et cetera, et cetera. You're great to like initially start that maybe. And maybe you've added training to it or, or whatever. But the person that is positionally best equipped to recruit, they know more normal people than you do. <laughs> they do. And so that, I mean, whether it's recruiting or developing, they know the role better than you do. You think you know the role because you're like, well, these people work for me and or volunteer for me. And, you know, I'm over this ministry. Ah, yes, but they're better equipped if you release them to actually develop the people. And so the only way that that's going to work, though, Dan, is if you're modeling that as well. So yep. that's the most powerful piece in this is, hey, I'm modeling this for you. And then I'm expecting you to take someone through the same process. Um, I'm not just a, a travel agent presenting you with trips and information of where you can serve. Um, I am going with you. I'm a tour guide and I understand the ministry because I've been there before. I know the terrain. I know what the river is like at this stage. Um, et cetera, et cetera. That whole mentality of a tour guide versus a travel agent is really important, but it's us first. We have to do that first with our leaders in order for them to do it with other leaders and volunteers. That's good. So what I learned today is to teach my kids to swim, I should just throw them into the water. <laughs> the moral of the story. <laughs> no, I took my kids to the Y. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good to hear. Um, well, hey, thank you so much for joining us today and listening to the One Ministry Podcast. We hope that you will join us here on a future episode. 